welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. So recently I was reading one of those columns that's kind of like a Dear Abby kind of column. A woman had written in to express the situation she was in, wanting to know if indeed she was out of order or in order. The, the woman that wrote was a young newlywed. She and her husband had gotten married. She had grown up in a wealthy family, and so it was that her parents gave them a very nice uh, wedding gift that they were able to take a wonderful honeymoon with. She got back from her honeymoon, and she and her sister were having lunch one day, and she was telling her sister about her honeymoon, and then her sister said, well, what are you going to do with the rest of the money that mom and dad gave you? And she said, well, what, what do you mean? She said, well, when I got married, they gave us money. We took our honeymoon, and we still had enough money left over that we made a down payment on a house that we live in. And the younger sister looked at her and said, how much money did mom and dad give you? And she told her, and the younger sister replied, we didn't get nearly that much. Well, you can imagine what happened next time she talked to mom, huh? It came up in conversation. I, you know, why, why did y'all give us so much less than what you gave to my sister? And her mom said, well, honey, it, it, it's like this. You're husband is a good man and, and he's got a job that'll be able to support you but it won't be able to support you in the lifestyle that you've grown up in but your sister married a man who's got a job that is upwardly mobile he's got a lot of earning potential and they're going to have a lifestyle more like what she grew up with so the gift we gave you is just in line with what your lifestyle will now be translation Marry someone who's going to make money and you get money. Marry someone who's going to get by and you're just going to get by. That doesn't seem very fair, does it? Doesn't seem very just. I grew up in a house where my mom uh, made sure she spent almost to the penny the exact same money on my sister and I for birthdays or Christmas. And, you know, then for her grandchildren, they all had about the same amount spent. She didn't want to give the impression of playing favorites. And when I think of the gifts that God gives us, I ask the question, what kind of gift giver is God? Is God a giver of gifts like my mom that wants to make sure that all God's children are getting something equally? Or is God more like this wealthy mother who it depended on how you were going to live that made a difference? Well, let's talk about this for just a moment. When it comes to spiritual gifts, when it comes to the, the gifts and talents that God bestows upon people, it seems to me that some people get more than others. You know, some people are, are like me and some people are like Tom Brady, if you understand what I'm saying. Just considerable difference in, in what goes on there. So maybe when it comes to spiritual gifts and the purposes God has of working through our lives, maybe it's not so equitable with God. But when it comes to the gift of grace, I think God gives everybody the same. 
All of us stand in need of grace. All of us stand in need of the grace which gives us the promise of salvation. All of us need the grace which leads to the assurance of what God is giving to us and how it is we'll live eternally with God. And so it is that when we think about grace, and we talked about it last week, and we said there are two common misunderstandings of grace. The first grace was what we called costly grace. Or, sorry, that was the second one. Can you tell my mind's a little scattered this morning? Let's go ahead and start with costly grace. Costly grace is the idea that even though God has given us grace to save us, that there's more we have to do. That you you, you receive the grace, but then you have to do this if you really want to have that. That's costly grace. It's, it's asking you for things that God does not ask of us. The opposite of that then would be cheap grace. And cheap grace is the idea that all God's going to do is forgive our sin. That's all we have to do is ask God to forgive our sin. And granted, we do have to ask God to forgive our sin, but God wants us to turn from our sin. God wants repentance on our Place because we know that the wages of all sin is the same. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. And so God gives grace. It's not cheap. It's not costly, at least not for us. It certainly costs Jesus a lot. But grace is a free gift. And we're looking at the book of Ephesians, a very wonderful few verses that talk about grace if you would give your attention to this reading from God's word God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from God salvation is not a reward for good things we have done so none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. I hope that you have the same kind of experience as I do whenever you read Scripture, that, that you can read something that you've read time and time again, but if you read it in a different translation, there might be a word that jumps out at you a word that grabs your attention, a word that compels you to think a little bit more about what the verse is saying and what the meaning of this is. And so it is that when I read this translation and it says, it is not a reward, that the word reward jumped out at me. Now, most of us are more familiar with other translation that says, for we are saved by grace through faith, that not of yourself, so that no one can boast, not of Works. In other words, there's no amount of work you can do. But I, but I want us to focus a little bit on the idea of reward because uh, increasingly I, I think we hear the word reward differently and in more ways than perhaps we have in times past. For example, not too long ago, my good friend Mike Frisbee, and, and Mike actually called me Friday and we went to lunch and I said, hey, by the way, I'm talking about you in my sermon Sunday. Just know that if I'm ever talking to Mike and I say, hey, I'm talking about, you know, any of you in my sermon. It's always good. <laughs> so Mike knows that this is good. He was in t on this side of town. He lives in Edmond. He's down here doing some work. He said, hey, let's go to lunch. So we went to lunch, and uh, we went to Qdoba up on 104th Street. And whenever um, 
we went to lunch. He had bought the previous time. I said, well, it's my turn to buy today. And, and I was up there and I was paying. He goes, hey, do you have a Qdoba rewards card? I said, no, I don't. And he said, well, do you mind if I get the rewards? You can pay. You know, he's very generous that way. You can pay, but I want to get the rewards. And I said, I, I am fine with that. I have no problem with it. If, if they're there for the taking, go ahead and take them. And we sat down to eat, and he goes, I eat at Qdoba a lot. And whenever I eat at Qdoba, I always get the rewards because then sometimes when I eat at Qdoba, I get to eat for free because I eat there so often. Y'all have the same kind of experience, my hunch is, with your credit card. For example, when Robin and I were early in our marriage, we put everything on Discover Card. When we could pay for it with Discover Card, that's what we did. We paid our credit card off every month, so we're not paying fees or interest or any of that. But you know why we put everything on Discover Card? So we could get that cash back bonus. Woo! <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Now we use our Hilton Honors credit card. Because whenever we travel, sometimes we might have to stay in a hotel and we build up points so that we can get a free hotel room just because we use the Hilton Honors credit card. Some people do that so they can earn sky miles. You know, you, if people fly a lot, use your credit card. It builds up sky miles for you. In fact, I know that there are people that even pay their pledge with credit card to get the reward of sky miles back. This is a kind of thing we do. We, we use the rewards to build up so we get some kind of benefit. Grace is not a reward. If grace is a reward, we find ourselves in the problem that we actually read about in the book of Romans where it says, should we sin so that we get more grace? In other words, the more we sin, the more grace we get. So we should sin more so we get more grace. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. We don't get grace for doing sin. <laughs> we get grace because we're sinners. And grace is the only thing that gets us out of that. So grace is not a reward. It is a free gift. And then I began to think of another way that I think about rewards. Actually, this one came to my mind first. You watch an old John Wayne movie, an old Clint Eastwood spaghetti western, and you always see the wanted poster. You know, wanted, dead, or alive, wanted, reward. And there's always a reward that's given. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, just in case you've never stopped to think about this, that there are still rewards for turning in people that are wanted, and it is much more profitable if you can do that than it is to get a reward for your credit card. For example, one of the most wanted men in America is a guy by the name of Michael James Pratt. He's from New Zealand. He's 39, and he's got a business in San Diego. His business is he runs a pornography website. He is allegedly being looked for because he has used fraud, force, and coercion to lure women into a lifestyle of pornography. He has used fraud, force, and coercion 
for child pornography and for sex trafficking. If you have information leading to his arrest, you could claim a reward of $100,000. That's a lot more than I ever got with my cash back on Discover card. But some of y'all, that doesn't entice you at all. It's, it's not that much money. So let me recommend that you try to find information leading to the arrest and conviction of Alexander, some Russian name I can't pronounce, Lermenenko. He ran a computer hacking scam, was able to access the databases of over 150,000 different businesses to sell to people who would want to buy it. He made $38 million one year, allegedly, by doing this business because the businesses he hacked gave him insider trading information for people who want to use the stock market. If you want to invest yourself in bounty hunting, the reward for his arrest and conviction is $1 million. But I know, y'all, that's chump change for some of you. You need a bigger fish to go after. So let me recommend one of the FBI's most wanted men. His name is about to be mispronounced, okay? Chun Fat Yip. Chun Fat Yip is the owner, the CEO, and the chairman of the board of Yuan Shang, a publicly traded company. And what he is wanted for is the production and the distribution of illegal anabolic steroids. Every state in the United States, somebody has received a shipment of illegal anabolic steroids. That's just in our country. He's also wanted in 84 other countries for distribution of illegal anabolic steroids. Last year, he made an estimated $380 million doing this. If you have information leading to the arrest and conviction of chewing fat Yip, also known as Chuan Fa Yi. Aren't y'all impressed with that? The reward, $5 million. There are rewards that are given when you find something people are looking for. There are rewards given if you can find something that is lost. If you're at a stoplight, perhaps you'll look at a telephone pole and stapled there is a crudely made poster saying, we lost our family pet. Reward if found. Grace is not a reward for finding what or who is lost. Grace does not work that way. Grace is given because we are lost. I actually love that song that was sung during the offertory. It, it's one of those songs that touches my heart in a place because when it's talking about grace, it says, we come broken to be mended. We come wounded to be healed. That's what grace does. It finds those of us who are lost. Grace is the activity of God that pursues every person so that we might receive the promise of salvation. It is not a reward that we get for helping find people who are lost. But if we find people who are lost, what we share with them is grace. So grace 
is not a reward. A reward could be for being a repeat customer for something. A reward could come because you've found somebody or something that somebody needs. And then there's another way that I think of rewards, and um, this is one that I had to get some help for this week. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with the term of employee rewards program. Now, I don't know exactly what that is. If you're in a job that has been about sales and commission, I do know that sometimes it will say, hey, we're going to set the bar up here, and if you reach this threshold, you'll get rewarded with some kind of bonus or something for it. Or if I'm driving down the highway and I come up on the uh, back end of a light pink Cadillac, I just immediately say, that's a Mary Kay car because Mary Kay Cosmetics has the rewards program. Where you do that. I, get, I get that with sales and, and how commissions work, but I, I don't always understand it in other businesses. And so it was this past week I reached out to two experts of HR that are in our church. The first is a young woman named Lindsay Nichols. Lindsay works in HR, and so I sent her an email. I said, Lindsay, I, I need you to help me understand employee rewards program. I said, whenever somebody is applying for a job, when they're asking what's the salary and what benefits, do they also ask what are employee rewards that are offered? Here's what she wrote. She said, to some, rewards could simply be the incentive pay, benefits, or perks like a company gym membership. Employees get these things just by being an employee. And then she went on to say how in her particular business, they had a point system. It, it sounded to me like the whole Qdoba thing. You do things, you get points, and there's a catalog, and people can get you know swag out of that. And she said, our employees seem to enjoy that. So in one sense, employee rewards is just something you get for working in a particular place. I mean, you know, for the people that work here, we get to work on Sundays. That's just a perk of what we do. But then I reached out to another person, Becky Payton. Becky is the chair of our Staff Parish Relations Committee, recently retired from 40 years of HR work. And I said, what can you tell me about employee rewards? You know, do people, when they're searching for a job, look for pay and benefits and rewards. And what she told me was very interesting. She said, rewards almost never comes up in the recruitment process because employee rewards are not about recruitment. It's about employee retention. Now, when I think about this, here's how that translates into what we're thinking about today. Grace... God's grace is an attractive offer that invites us to be a disciple of Jesus, but it's not a reward to incentivize us to keep following Jesus. In other words, it is the grace of God, the grace that pursues us, the grace that says, come to me, let me take care of your sin, let me pay the penalty of what the wages of your sin are. But it's not a reward that we get that once we receive that grace that we keep following Jesus. It is for recruitment, not for retention. Rewards are for retention, not for recruitment. Everybody with me on that? I hope so because that's about the best as I can explain it. But then Becky went on to say something else. 
She said, most people don't want rewards. They would rather just have the cash put in their salary somehow. She said, most people don't want rewards, but what they want is recognition. Even if they get a reward, what they want is to be recognized for having done a good job. They want to be recognized sometimes among their peers for the exemplary work that they have done. And that made sense to me because grace is the recognition of our greatest need. That our greatest need is to have the problem of our sin taken care of. And the recognition of our need is something that God offers us freely. It's not a reward that is earned or discovered or somehow just given because we've done great things. You can receive a reward for repeat customer usage. And I'll be honest, I, I have rewards places in some places and other than my Hilton Honors credit card, I've never used any of my rewards. I don't even know what I could use them for or how it works, but they say, are you a rewards member? I say, yes, I give them my phone number and they put it in the computer. I don't get a report telling me what I get. Well, you can get those kind of rewards. You can get a reward for finding someone or something that is lost. Or you can get a reward because you've done a great job and, and you build up points. And with those points, you know, you can maybe you get a watch or maybe you get a plaque to hang on your wall. And when you have those things, you can show them to other people and say, look what I got for the great job that I did. And you can kind of brag on yourself for just a moment. But that's what it says about grace. It's not a reward. So no one can boast about it. We can't boast about receiving a gift because everyone can receive the gift of God's grace. When God looks at people, God sees children. And God's attitude is, all my children deserve an equal gift of grace. I know in our minds, sometimes we think, well, some people commit great sins and some people <laughs> commit even greater sins than that. It's, it's all the same. And the fact that God gives us grace tells us something about ourselves. It tells us that God recognizes that without the gift of grace that comes to us because of what Christ has done on the cross, we're all the same, lost without that gift. And the gift of grace also tells us something about God, that God is in every way kind and loving and merciful, that God doesn't want any of us to perish. So he offers us grace so that we might have eternal life. And that, friends, is why we come just the way we are broken, confused, wounded, because his grace is made perfect in our weaknesses. Would you all pray with me?